Welcome to our worship with Houston and Killigan Kirk. God invites us wherever we are. We are in his presence. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in him. Good morning. Welcome everyone joining us at Houston and Killigan Kirk for worship. Even so, we do not gather in person. We are one family of God. Please continue to follow us on our YouTube channel and on our podcast if you can. How appropriate and comforting are the words of Psalm 147. Let us worship God with these words. Praise the Lord. How good is it to sing praise to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He peels the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our God and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Our first hymn now is hymn 36, God is our refuge, God is our strength. the world, high in the heavens, yet living among us. Let us sing your praise loudly. Let us pray to you quietly. Let us listen attentively. Let us act presently. Let our words praise you. Let our actions proclaim you. 
And as we draw nearer to you, send your Holy Spirit that we meet you here. Gracious God, Lord, in your presence we become aware of our shortfalls. We long for your forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord, when we turn away from those in needs. When we are afraid of the fatalities of others. When we put our own wants before others. Help us when we are overwhelmed by the demand of others. Help us when we ignore our responsibilities to others. And bless us when we are afraid and overwhelmed by our own needs and we hesitate to ask others for their help. By your mercy, guide us, O Lord, on your ways of love and care. O Lord, hear us now when we join together with the, your worldwide church in the prayer that Jesus, your Son, told us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our intimations for today Churches are still closed until at least March, likely spring, when we hopefully will be able to start coming back in limited numbers. But hopefully it will be our start to work back to being able to gather again normally in the months ahead. Full list of programs are available online from Frankie. Details are on our Facebook page or on our web page. A few people have asked where they can hand their WFO envelopes collected during the lockdown. If you have any, please contact your elder and they will arrange to be collected. Our anthem is now A Gaelic Blessing by John Ritter.
reading is read by Campbell McLennan. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because he knew who he was. Very early in the evening, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Thank you, Laura, Stephanie and Matthew for the anthem and Campbell for the reading. Our next hymn is hymn 622. We sing a love that sets all people free.
creation, speak to us. Send your Holy Spirit that your word guides us today. Amen. Whoa, what a story do we have today. All happens within 24 hours from the afternoon of the Sabbath when Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue until the next day when they moved on. And Mark squeezed this all only in this few verses. Others may have written pages about it with many details. I would have loved to be there with Jesus and his disciples, experiencing what really happened. How did Jesus heal Simon's mother-in-law? What did he say to the crowd in the evening? And did he really drive out demons? And if so, what did it look like? And then the next morning, what made his disciples have said among each other when Jesus refused to come back into the village and told them to move on? We know that this story was told by the first Christians when they gathered and they listened with amazement. This story was so important for them that three of the authors of the Gospels of Mark, Luke and Matthew incorporated it they not only wanted to preserve it, but wanted it to be spread among all who read it in the years to come. And here we are now in the 21st century, reading it today. I always was wondering what I would say about supernatural healing and demons when I'm up in the pulpit. I'm trained as a scientist and therefore in first instance, I'm drawn to a rational explanation. I would be in good company explaining that supernatural healing and demons are the way how people talked in ancient times about things they could not understand or express in other words, or that these are metaphors for a timeless teaching. But I can also not deny that there are things which I cannot explain with rational thinking. For example, from my experience in Malawi, Eastern Africa, where Astrid and I are related to Malange Mission Hospital, where we visited them for years several times. People there are strongly influenced by their convictions of supernatural powers, causing quite some suffering and anxieties. Or my astonishment when my previous colleagues in China, an articulated materialistic society, opened a new factory only that day, which were foretold to be lucky after consulting a horoscope. But we don't need to go so far away. In our rational Western society, we struggle to explain all the suffering we experience. Why are we in a pandemic? Why is there poverty? Why do people believe in conspiration theories and even harm others because of this? We wonder what the powers at work are here. And even within our Christian community, there's no consensus and sometimes even some unpleasant division about the nature of powers. The term used in the Bible as mysteries, and in biblical Greek, this refers to something which awaits disclosure or interpretation. Now, we can spend the rest of the sermon to dig into this. 
But what do we gain from this? Astrid and I have a list. Well, it's a virtual list, and things get onto this list, and things drop off. We could put questions on this list we struggle to answer, things we really would like to know, but which are not really relevant. And this list we will present to God. We just do not know when and how. But the good thing about this list is, once things are on it, we can move on with stuff that really matters. What really matters in our story is that Jesus cares and that Jesus follows his mission. We read last, in last Sunday's passage that Jesus just finished his preaching in the synagogue that morning. And now immediately he was confronted with bad news, with suffering, this time even within the family of one of his disciples, Simon's mother-in-law. What a contrast from the public teaching in the synagogue to the comparable smaller problem of a woman, just a fever, and women had no priorities in those ancient times. But Jesus went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. Jesus just did what was needed at that moment for his closest friends. And the story went on with pace. Jesus may just have had some little rest in the comfort of the family home, and just when the Sabbath was over after sunset, the whole town showed up. And we read, Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. Nothing else. Just actions. No preaching. No demands for thanks or faith in him. He even did not let the demons speak about him. Jesus just did what was needed at that moment for the community. And then the next morning, Jesus just left the house and went off in a solitary place where he prayed. And already that early, Simon and his companions call again on him. Everyone is looking for you, most likely expecting that there will be more healing. Is the pace picking up again? There's a break between the day before and the morning. Jesus prayed. We do not know what Jesus prayed, but after his prayer, he resisted the call of the disciples. Jesus has his own mission, his own agenda. That day, it was to move on, to preach and heal in the next nearby village. In all the actions of the last 24 hours, all the demands, all the care Jesus provided, there is this little half-sentence in our reading which we may have missed. Jesus prayed. Jesus' prayer connects the two storylines, the care he provided among his closest friends, the care he provided to the immediate community around him, and his moving on. Yes, Jesus left people behind, and he asked especially Simon to leave his family, again. The demands on Jesus seems to be endless, and it seems that even Jesus cannot cope with it. And yet, or better, therefore, Jesus prays. Jesus is not randomly driven by the circumstances and the demands of the moment. Through prayer, Jesus is connected with God the Father. Through prayer, God's mission is Jesus' mission. 
after Jesus has prayed, he moved on. He did what was needed at that moment for the people in the next community. For me, the story speaks directly into our situation today. It is not about demons and not about supernatural healing. It is about how we can cope with all the demands and needs we encounter around us, whether in our own families, in our communities, or in the wider world. It is so easy to be overwhelmed, and for sure we will fall short. We may feel unfit and incompetent and wonder what we can bring to the table. We may have to make choices, and sometimes we will wonder if we made the right choices. We are not able to care for everybody always. The more important it is that we have our break, the more important it is that we have our breaks in prayer, especially when we wonder what is needed at this moment. What a relief to know that we are not on our own mission. What a relief to know that we are participating in God's mission. What a relief to know that God will guide us and equip us when we stay connected with him. And to God be the glory now and forevermore. Amen. Friends, at this point in the service, we normally uplift our offering. You can continue to support the life and work of the church by giving on our website using the weekly offering tab or by setting up a standing order in their details on the finance tab. And thank you for your continued support for the life and work of the church. Let us pray. Gracious God, we gather in thanks and praise for all that we have and all that we are. We come as we are, at times broken but beloved. In your love you breathe life, heal the sick and feed the hungry. Loving God, creator of all that we perceive, mother and father, parent and friend, are constant in a world of change. We come before you this day, asking for guidance in a troubled world, where pain and disease are commonplace. Help us to love our neighbour, to care for the widows and the sick, Help us to live out our faith and show the compassion of Jesus. Loving God, we thank you for the doctors, nurses and administration staff who have vaccinated people in this place. We pray for all those involved in the vaccination process, for those coming forward to be vaccinated and we pray that the rollout is expedited and we can look forward to better days ahead in the near future. Eternal God, we thank you for the example of people of faith. We remember today and the hope that Captain Sir Tom Moore gave us all for those small steps he took, one at a time, but small steps that made a huge difference to a nation, for his smile and his love. May he rest in peace and rise in eternal glory. And may his family know your love and presence at this time. 
living God, we come before you to give thanks for your grace, to give thanks for your eternal love. We come before you, O God, so that we may follow you. Though we may not always succeed, we pray that you will guide us ever onward towards your company, your life, and your kingdom. All these prayers we bring in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Following our final hymn, there's a word of benediction. We then sing the threefold Amen and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Our final hymn, 352, O for a thousand tongues.
go from here knowing that no matter what we face, Jesus goes with us in hope and in love. And as we go, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore.